And uh, it's fitting for our discussion today as we take a look at uh, our cultural obsession with, uh, with crimes, maybe not so much as with punishments, but certainly with, uh, with crime. Uh, today, Americans are uh, no longer solely concerned about these singular criminals and events. Uh, with so much going on in the, uh, the economic and political climate, it seems that we're also preoccupied with criminogenic enterprises and institutions. Yet while the nature of our criminal obsessions might have uh, changed, uh, our collective love affair with crime seems to be one of the enduring contradictions of Western civilization. Well, tapping into this cultural obsession, Lapham's Quarterly has devoted an entire volume of its journal to crimes and punishments. Uh, with readings covering themes as varied as uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s defense of the crime of disobedience to Hannah Arendt's discussion of Adolf Eichmann's crime of obedience. So uh, we can begin to see that uh, the whole gamut is covered in this, uh, this special issue. Uh, joining us this morning is uh, Lewis Lapham, who is the editor of the uh, eponymously named Lapham's Quarterly. He also serves as editor emeritus and national correspondent for Harper's Magazine. He's the author of numerous books, including Money and Class in America, Theater of War, Gag Rule, and most recently, Pretensions to Empire. The New York Times has likened him to H.L. Mencken. Vanity Fair has suggested a strong resemblance to Mark Twain. And uh, Mr. Lapham joins us this morning from New York. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. Uh, it is a great uh, volume of Lapham's Quarterly for readers who can't uh, see it in front of them. It's uh, when we say journal, this is this is quite uh, quite a nice layout with uh, artwork and pull out quotes and uh, and really classic selections on uh, crime and punishment. Could you tell our readers a bit about the uh, the origins of the special volume? Well, it the quarterly brings to bear the, the way the whole thing works. This is the sixth volume. There was one on war, there was one on money, there was one on nature, one on education. I, what I try to do is to take uh, topics in the news or of uh, concern in the general conversation and then bring to bear the voices in time, bring up to the microphone of the present uh, essentially the great books, so that in this issue on crimes and punishments, we have contributions from Dostoevsky, St. Augustine, Shakespeare, Herodotus, John Cheever, Maya Angelou, Salos, and so forth, Raymond Chandler. In other words, to enlarge the conversation with uh, observations of the human predicament that don't become obsolete. <laughs> we, there's been a lot of great writing over the last uh, several thousand years, and it's it's worth hearing what uh, a lot of those people have to say. And and that's the way the issue works. And, and you know, it's ironic we're talking about this as we could hear sirens from the the NYPD in the background. But, yeah. Um, how uh, <coughs> you know? So what brought about this theme? Were 
Well, I mean, we, 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 we're fascinated with crime. I mean, it's a, the romance of crime is a, is a, uh, uh, a passion that runs through the, the whole length of American history. I mean, we started with revolution, if you remember. And uh, during the early days of the revolution, the way the Americans won the war was at sea by commissioning um, pirates. They started out at the beginning of the war with about six uh, New England vessels preying upon the British merchant fleet in order to not only to acquire guns and ammunition for their own uh, Continental Army, but also funds with which to buy arms and uniforms from the French, and by the end of the war we had as many as 4,000 uh, of these investment vehicles <laughs> operating offshore the U.S. and the Caribbean and the English Channel and in the Mediterranean, and the, um, there were some objections in Congress that, that this might be, we were encouraging outlaws and poor behavior and brigands and so forth, and uh, John Adams got up and said in Congress, it is prudent not to put virtue to too serious a test. I would use American virtue as sparingly as possible, lest we wear it out. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the outlaw has always been an admired figure in the, U, in the U.S. I mean, the James brothers were likened to the Knights of King Arthur's round table. And Many of our heroes of finance, not only in the 19th century, but also now, are uh, truly magnificent uh, thieves. You, you know, it's, it's interesting because we know that, uh, you know, was it uh, Hobsbawm wrote, uh, you know, his book on bandits and, and outlaws. And there is in, indeed a, this cultural fascination uh, uh, both with with success, you know, we celebrate the uh, the Donald Trumps and the Bill Gates, and uh, you know, I guess throughout uh, uh, American history, the Rockefellers and and so forth. And yet, at the same time, uh, we love tabloids and and we love uh, taking people, building them up, and then uh, seeing them come crashing down. And it's it, it you know it, it's it's quite interesting that there is that kind of contradiction. Uh, in our approach to crime, we're, we're fascinated by that which uh, fears us the most. Yes, that that's true. I mean, and it is it is much of our uh, popular media. I mean, it, it, our crime stories, whether you're looking at uh, primetime television or the film business or the uh, freelance uh, vigilante, the the person that the character played by Eastwood or by Steven Seagal or by Bruce Willis and so forth. It, it's the, these, these are men that, that, that don't have much patience for anything as chicken-hearted as the due, due process of law. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, there's, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I, um, I find it interesting how the the cultural uh, approach to to policing changes when uh, NYPD blue becomes NYPD true. You know, we used to celebrate yeah. 
we used to celebrate when Sipowitz would, uh, with a wink and a nudge, you know, look at the camera and, uh, you know, violate the uh, suspect's constitutional rights during, during interrogation. But then when, uh, when the 11 o'clock news comes on and we see the NYPD true <laughs> accused of the same things, we get outraged. And so there's that kind of, you know, double standard that we forget that the word dirty doesn't imply physical cleanliness, but moral uh, uh, un- uncleanliness. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, sure. I mean, I mean, we make one of our most popular movies of the Godfather series right, with the Coppola or the soprano series on on hbo a couple of years ago so it's it, it's the the criminal is as hero as the noble savage is the man that uh, takes what he wants and uh, exploits the the uh, natural resources of you know theft uh, uh, murder i mean the we the transnational criminal syndicates at the moment we're talking about the mafia in the u.s or the yakuza in japan or the russian mob or the um, gangsters that run many of the african countries is is uh, the largest uh, globalized uh, business in the world i mean i i don't know what the numbers are but they're very very high i mean they're whether you're talking about the drug trade or whether you're talking about the illegal arms trade, the trade in uh, white slavery, these are uh, uh, very large uh, business enterprises. I want to remind listeners that are in tune to KUCI in Irvine. This is Justice or Justice. We're speaking with Lewis Lapham, editor of uh, Lapham's Quarterly, taking a look at the Special Crimes and Punishments volume. It's volume two, number two of Lapham's Quarterly. Uh, if you could put on your social psychologist hat for, uh, for just a moment, what do you think is behind this, uh, this fascination with, uh, with crime? Um, well, I mean, first of all, there's the, there's the, there's the drama in it. I mean, there's the... Uh, St. Augustine actually talks about the uh, immense pleasure of doing something that's forbidden against the rules. Um, The freedom to ask and have that uh, shines in princes' eyes. We make many of our (coughs) heroes are people who have uh, killed a great many other people. I mean, whether you're talking about Alexander the Great or Napoleon uh, or Julius Caesar or Caesar Augustus, you you are talking about, uh, or or Catherine the Great. I mean, you're you're talking about people of, uh, you know, are criminals on a grand scale. So was Adolf Hitler. I mean, I think there have been more books written about Adolf Hitler than there have been written about Christ. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, one of one of my favorite books is... Uh, academic books is uh, Eric Fromm's Escape from Freedom, where he begins the book by reminding readers that uh, the the action that rendered us human, 
that is that converted us from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to fallible humans was, of course, an act of, of crime or disobedience. Yeah. And, and there's something, I think, telling about, uh, about the fact that what makes us human uh, is our uh, willingness or desire to um, deviate from uh, a moral, ethical, or legal norm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, the 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 uh, the heroes, the high school hero, tends to be the uh, the alpha male who does as he pleases and and gives off an aura of the romantic criminal. I mean, the, the figure of somebody like James Dean or Marlon Brando, it's it's enormously uh, attractive power. Uh, is an aphrodisiac, and, and people flock to it. However, uh, that power is uh, displayed or ex- uh, expressed so that the sublimely corrupt politician, somebody along the lines of Huey Long, um, is a figure of romance. I mean, the Kennedys, I mean, were, in a way, uh, comparable to to uh, a mafia syndicate, but very glamorous. Hmm. So let's uh, turn specifically to uh, the volume. Uh, tell our listeners, if you can, a bit about, um, perhaps uh, you might want to mention some of your favorite selections uh, from the volume, I know when we spoke off the air, you said there wasn't necessarily any any rhyme or reason to uh, to which uh, selections you picked. It was just a matter of personal taste amongst the editorial staff. So, what are some of your favorites? Well, some of my favorites were, were Jean Genet, who's uh, writing in 1934 in a prison in Barcelona and talking about the uh, excitement of uh, of crime and equating it with. Uh, the freedom to do as one pleases. Then there's a fine piece by Leo Tolstoy, who's sitting at a trial in Moscow, and the a hapless youth who's been drinking too much and then steals a few worthless uh, straw mats is being condemned to many years in in prison and watching the uh, trial unfold, the narrator in Tolstoy's voice is trying to figure out why should this, you know, youth be punished uh, when so many other people in society, although in a more decorous way and in a higher rank, are guilty of the same kind of behavior. There's a piece by Robespierre, who's talking about um, terrorism as when he established the reign of, of virtue with the guillotine in, in uh, Paris during in the later phases of the revolution. And uh, it, what in his mind was the reign of virtue was what in our mind we know is the reign of terror. But he, again, is, is associating uh, terror as swift justice and as a form of virtue when employed uh, 
with the proper motive. And then there's Elizabeth Hardwick, who's in talking to a condemned criminal, Carol Chessman, in a, in a prison in San Quentin in 1960. And she is going through the, uh, the story of his life. It, it, he has chosen the, the, the life of the criminal, and, and she is trying to uh, put it in some kind of, make a coherent narrative out of it. And then, of course, there's the great scene in, in uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth, when Lady Macbeth is, is encouraging her husband to murder the king and uh, step up to his rightful place uh, as a prince among men. And we should point out that there, in addition to a lot of these uh, great works of uh, drama, fiction, and tragedy, there are also some, uh, some historical uh, crimes. I, I find the juxtaposition, you know, we're talking a, a bit about some of the, the contradictions or this cultural fascination with crime. Uh, I find it interesting that in the same volume you've got Martin Luther King's defense of disobedience from his, of course, classic letter from a Birmingham jail. Uh, and then you've got Hannah Arendt's uh, examination of the crime of obedience when taking a look at uh, Eichmann in Jerusalem. Uh, were some of those juxtapositions uh, deliberate, or was it just that these are some no, of the great works that... No, 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 the juxtapositions are deliberate. In other words, different societies, at, at, you know, what, what is crime? I mean, what is law? Who, who makes it? Um, in, in, at different points in time, uh, crimes that we now think of as crimes were not crimes, um, Slavery was uh, a standard operating procedure for a very, very long time, even in ancient Athens. What is just and unjust is a, a matter of uh, uh, a circumstance or history or cultural inheritance. When, when, and King, when he is, is in the jail, is touching on that point. He's trying to find what is a just law and what is an unjust law. And he decides that any law that uplifts human personality is just, and any law that degrades human personality is unjust. But that's a, a fairly... You, you can find that same idea in in uh, in the in the new testament well but and not I, a, not in the old testament however i mean the the god in the old testament is is a murderous tyrant and i think it's interesting that he he in his letter of course he points out that we must never forget that everything that uh uh, that the Nazis did in Germany was legal, and everything right. that the resistors did was was illegal. Or as I, I remind my students, I teach a course on civil disobedience. Uh, you know, Nelson Mandela did what twenty something, twenty eight years yeah. behind bars, only to become uh, you know a, a president. And uh, I also like to remind our students uh, that uh, while we celebrate a holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. You know, if we really examine stereotypes, here's an African-American man that was in and out of the, the, the jails. And so uh, we need to really question 
uh, the meaning of crime and the meaning, of course, of justice, which uh, is uh, interestingly not tackled in this uh, volume. Did you want to explain that, or is that uh, to be continued? <clears throat> well, that's to be continued. I expect to do another issue, and maybe next year or the year after, on on justice, which seems to me to deserve a a volume unto itself. I mean, that is a very problematic, um, at least in my mind, uh, idea. And again, subject to historical and cultural interpretation and revision. And the if if I attempted to get into that uh, idea in in this issue, it's only 224 pages long. Right. I, I would have gotten into a great many uh, court uh, arguments. You know, decisions handed down by. Supreme Court justices, as well as as with transcripts from court proceedings and scenes from films like uh, Twelve Angry Men, but the uh, I've I've left that to a. Uh, it's an enormous idea, as you well know. I mean, this, this is what you do. Your this is what you teach, right? Yes, and and I think it's it's a great uh, you know it might have been because of uh, budgetary or uh, practicality constraints, but I think it is great that crime and punishment uh, is a separate uh, uh, issue, I guess, literally and and figuratively in terms of the volume uh, than uh, than justice, because a lot of people believe that. Uh, when we don't start out in the same situations, when uh, I told you about a quote that I will still email you the original source of, but you know that uh, a famous quote that um, every society has the criminals it deserves, right? right. How if we don't start out uh, in fair and equitable and just conditions, how can there possibly be an outcome of justice? And so it's it's a thematically, I think it's great that uh, that it's kept separate. Um, one of my favorite selections from from the volume, uh, which readers uh, may not be too familiar with, which I'm not sure uh, in our dis- previous discussion how familiar you were with, but it's uh, Thomas De Quincey's uh, essay uh, on murder is considered one of the fine arts. And um, his main point there uh, is that um, we should stop shying away from our uh, fascination, our uh, excitement, uh, and our attraction to not only crime, but, but even violence. And so uh, kind of taking on a, 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 a swift take, the way uh, Jonathan Swift kind of poked fun uh, at a very serious issue, which was, uh, you know, famine and hunger, uh, he writes an essay uh, as an art critic, um, picking and choosing which are his favorite murders and, and which murderer is the best, the best artist. I think one of the reasons why I like it is because elsewhere uh, in the volume, we kind of see this cultural trend of converting real-life crime into fiction, perhaps so that we feel less guilty about our fascination with it. I guess I'm speaking mainly of, of kind of Norman Mailer's you know, uh, nonfiction novel and things of that nature. Do you think there is this increasing trend to convert reality into fiction so that it becomes more palpable or 
Yes, I do. Um, uh, 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 my, I, uh, in my own preamble introduction to this issue, I, I uh, chose as an epigraph um, a remark from John Ford, the movie director who has made many famous westerns, among them Stagecoach and so forth. And he, he, uh, his quote is, when it's a choice between writing the story and writing the myth, write the myth. That's a great quote. <laughs> and, the, uh, and that's speaking directly to your point. In other words, they take movies like Ocean's 12 or Ocean's 11. You know, you get stars on the order of Brad Pitt and George Clooney who are pulling off uh, magnificently artistic crimes that would have been, no doubt, had De Quincey lived long enough to see them, would have thought them a fine uh, expression of, of the criminal art. <laughs> okay. So, yes, we, we, we want to dress it up in, in the costume of romance, and, and we do that with, with a great deal of our uh, popular entertainment. I mean, it, it can be sometimes violent. It can be, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, or it can be uh, the particularly favorite form is, is, the, is the, the swindle. I mean, you see a movie like the Thomas Crown Affair, and yes, we, we, we tried to uh, give it the, uh, prefer the myth to the, to the actual bloodletting, and, and you see it as recently as last week, the, the praise that was uh, poured on the head of the Navy SEALs that shot the three pirates in the, in, in the uh, in, uh, Arabian Ocean, right? Right. <laughs> and thus freed the hapless captain of the, of the American um, cargo ship that had been the pirates had attempted to seize, and 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 this was um, described in the newspapers as as uh, a, a work of art, a magnificent shot, and three shots simultaneously from from the deck of a a um, you know the uh, the heaving deck of of a small aircraft carrier. Right, laying down on their their bellies, and, and yeah, uh... right. Well, finally, uh, we just spoke of uh, criminal art, but there is also criminal art throughout the volume. It is, uh, aside from the written word, I'm looking uh, on page 137 of uh, uh, a Caravaggio uh, uh, painting of a beheading uh, from 1598. Throughout, there are pictures from, uh, from cave walls, from major motion pictures, from, uh, you know, just a whole host of sources. Uh, tell our listeners a bit about what it takes to find these, uh, these works of art and uh, how do you go about selecting which pieces to include? Because this really isn't just, uh, you know, a, a compilation of written words. There, there are graphs and, and charts and biographies and pull-out quotes. Uh, it's really an impressive volume. And if you could just finally comment on um, how important the uh, the visual aesthetic is to our um, experience of crime. Well, I, I think it's very important, and, and the we go to a great 
take a lot of trouble. We have a fine art director, and we who can search these days with the images that you can find on the on the in, internet. It's uh, really wonderful what you can look for, and so we have, as you pointed out, we have paintings, classical paintings from the Renaissance, from from the uh, 17th century, from the 19th century, as well as film stills and, and the transcripts. It, it, it's a, it, it's like creating each time a, a kind of a museum um, show. You know, that's a perfect way of putting it. It really looks like uh, something from a museum. That it, it takes you. Th- it's it's also arranged. Uh, uh, boy, my mind just blanked. What's it? Uh, chronologically, uh, so it's like the great crimes and punishments throughout history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can you can draw on on different uh, points in time and and different uh, our different moments in time as well as on different parts of the world. I mean, there are texts and, and uh, paintings from China, from India, from um, Islam, as well as from Western Europe and the United States. It is Lapham's Quarterly, Volume 2, Number 2. It's a special volume titled Crimes and Punishments. It is terrific, and uh, Mr. Lapham, if you could give our uh, listeners some information on uh, where to find out more about Lapham's Quarterly and uh, where they might be able to find uh, the current issue. Well, you, the current issue should be in, in bookstores. We sell it in, in uh, Barnes & Noble and in Borders, and you, or you can get a sense of it by going to www.lapham'squarterly.com noapostrophe.org and, and that's a website which will tell you what's in the issue and, and what other issues have been produced and, and uh, how, how to uh, subscribe to it. And uh, we will have a link to that on the KUCI Talk website. Uh, Louis Lapham, I want to thank you so much for joining us and uh, I hope we could have you back again when uh, the Justice volume comes out. Well, I, it's better than that, uh, Jared Lovell. I, I will... Well, when I get to that point, I'm going to ask you to give me texts well, because yeah, you're a man who clearly would know what belongs in that issue. Well, I would be honored to help out, and uh, I thank you so much, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.